All right, Alexander, let's talk about the meeting with uh, North Korea and Russia. Kim and Putin set to meet. And the U.S. says that this meeting is about Russia begging North Korea for weapons and ammunition because Russia's running out of weapons and they need North Korea to provide weapons for conflict in Ukraine. And the other narrative, which... Um, you've talked about, I've, I've also mentioned, is that perhaps this is not so much about what North Korea can give Russia, but maybe this is about what Russia can give North Korea. I think that's what's really going on here. Anyway, what are your thoughts with this? Uh, absolutely. That's exactly what I think. I think people are getting this completely the wrong way around. I think that what's now happened is that with the breakdown in relations between Russia and the West, the Russians are now mending their fences with all their former friends. They've been making big moves to develop their relations with Cuba. We've talked about that in programmes. I mean, there's been, the again, on spat, there's been talk about, you know, human trafficking rings trying to get Cubans to fight in the special military operation. Nobody should get overworked up about this. This is not having any underlying effect on Russian-Cuban relations. But the Russians are now looking for an increasingly powerful ally, one that gives them leverage in the North Pacific, one that gives them leverage over the United States, one that potentially gives them a great deal of leverage over South Korea, which has been drifting away from Russia. It previously had a good relationship with Russia, but it has, over the period of the existing presidency in South Korea, moved towards the United States and provided the United States and, by the way, Ukraine, as everybody knows, with 155 millimeter shells. Anyway, the, these relationships, these, these other countries, it gives the Russians by improving their relations with North Korea, leverage over these countries, over Japan, over South Korea, to some extent, by the way, even China, because the Chinese have you know, become accustomed to thinking of North Korea as their ally, unconditional ally, but the, the Russians are strengthening their relationship with North Korea, and they're coming to North Korea, they'll the priority, I think, will be less military cooperation, which I think people are making too much about, and more economic cooperation. They're going to try and develop that relationship again, which, a fact which most people don't realise, was actually very close indeed during the Cold War. Um, like many people, most people, I'd assumed that North Korea during the Cold War had preserved some kind of equidistance between China and the Soviet Union. Um, as we've gradually learnt more about what was really going on in South North Korea at that time, it's become increasingly clear that North Korea was much, much more tightly integrated into the Soviet economic system than anybody knew, and that it was providing the uh, Soviets with all kinds of valuable uh, minerals and all kinds of things of that kind, and even subcomponents for Soviet factories, and the Soviets in turn were obviously providing a great deal of economic support to North Korea. So that relationship is going to be revived. Yeah, and and why shouldn't it be? I mean, why shouldn't it you be? You know, this no. is, uh, yeah, the, the the sanctioned countries 
teaming up together. I mean, it, it makes sense. This, this shouldn't be a surprise to, to anybody, most of all to, to the U.S. State Department. I mean, all the countries that, are, that have been sanctioned and that are being sanctioned are going to obviously work together. And Absolutely. you're getting more and more countries on the sanctions list working together. I mean, you know, this is, this is expected. This is exactly right. This is exactly what's going to happen. So we see that Russia has now developed strong relations with Iran. It's developing strong relations with North Korea. And, of course, as we discussed, it's also got improving, rapidly improving, and developing relations with Cuba as well. So that's what's happened. And, of course, it's exactly as one might have predicted. The United States previously was trying to keep all of these countries divided from each other. And now what it's seeing is that they're all coming together. And, well, why should that surprise anyone? Well, if the U.S. wants to, wants to stop this cooperation... The obvious move is to remove sanctions on one or all of these countries. I mean, that's, but they can't do that. That's the obvious uh, fix to this, uh, to this dilemma of Russia working with North Korea and Iran working with Russia and Venezuela working with, with Russia and Iran working with Venezuela. I mean, the way to stop this is to, is to stop sanctioning everybody because they've gone sanction crazy, as has the EU now. The EU has now you know, they've completely gone, gone sanctions nuts. Um, and to, to start uh, rolling back some of the sanctions. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. But, I mean, they're not going to do that. They're going to double and triple and quadruple down. They're already threatening North Korea. They're saying if North Korea provides shells to Russia for use in the special military operation, the United States will impose more sanctions on North Korea. <laughs> what kind of sanctions can they impose on North Korea that they haven't already imposed? I mean, it's... it's uh, I mean, it. The, the thing is becoming ridiculous. I mean, it's becoming stupid. But um, there are lots of... North Korea is one of the most heavily sanctioned countries in the world. The sanctions are now on North Korea are collapsing. Um, the Russians will go through the motions of maintaining the sanctions. But, because some of them are UN sanctions. But the reality is that they will find ways around them. So they will supply North Korea with fertilizer to get its agriculture back. They will provide North Korea with food. They will probably provide North Korea with energy. Maybe they will open up gas pipelines. They will help the North Koreans with their railway system. They will do all of these things. And sooner or later, they will come to the South Koreans, with whom they have a, 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 a long-standing relationship as well, one which I doubt the South Koreans will want to walk away from entirely, and they will say, well, look, we've now got this strong, good relationship with North Korea. Why don't you do that which we have been discussing with you for so long, which is agree to have those gas pipelines we're building to North Korea extended to South Korea as well. And that will be a dramatic change in the geopolitical architecture. But that's, that's I'm sure, what the Russians are going to do. They're going to uh, re-establish their relationship with North Korea and they're going to build it up and they will move forward. People, you know, the, the Russians have always maintained a good relationship with North Korea, even during the time when China, not so long ago, 
had a tense relationship with North Korea over North Korea's nuclear program. The Russians at that time, I remember Putin, for example, saying, you know, let's remember North Korea is a state. It's one that has to be taken seriously. It's one whose interests need to be respected. He, the Russians went out of their way to be more polite about North Korea than almost anyone else was. So, of course, the North, Korea, North Koreans are reciprocating. And notice that it's Kim Jong-un who's going to Vladivostok to meet Putin. Putin, of course, has been to North Korea. It's one of the very first countries he visited shortly after he became Russia's president. Yeah. Uh, why can't um, Russia work to remove the, the UN sanctions? Is that even possible? And, uh, and you know, Trump... He tried to to mend things with with North Korea, and then he did, in, and the neocons got in the way. He, you know, he, oh he absolutely anyway, what did. Are your thoughts? Well, all right. I mean, on the first point, I'm assuming. I mean, I don't know the facts, but I'm assuming that in order to lift the sanctions, there would need to be a vote on the in the UN Security Council, and of course, the Americans and the French and the British would veto such a vote if it ever came up. So, I think that's that's the initial problem with lifting those sanctions, formally lifting those sanctions. But you can make sanctions a dead letter, and that's what's going to happen now. As for Trump, you're absolutely right. I mean, he made a serious effort to try to develop relations with Kim Jong-un, to try to normalize the relationship with North Korea. The North Koreans are very interested. Kim Jong-un came to Singapore to meet Trump. He came also to Hanoi to meet Trump. And far from getting behind him, the entire American political class undermined what Trump was doing. And John uh, Bolton sabotaged it, launching even raids on North Korean embassies and things of that kind. And, of course, what is happening instead is that instead of meeting with Trump and developing relations with the United States. Well, Kim Jong-un is now meeting Putin and is going to develop relations with Moscow. And ultimately, of course, with China as well, because uh, one thing one should say clearly is that everything that uh, Putin and Kim Jong-un are going to talk about now, the Russians are going to report to Xi Jinping. And, I mean, it's, in I mean, it's inconceivable that the Chinese will not be fully briefed about all of these discussions and won't be invited to give the green light to them. Yeah. All right. Interesting how things work out. Huh? Anyway, uh, thedoran.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, Telegram, and X, and go to the Duran shop. Use the code GOODDAY, get 10% off. Take care.